Hello, everyone. Welcome to Cyber Sit Down, the podcast. Tune in the first Tuesday of every month with myself, Alex Horn, Principal Consultant, Cybersecurity Recruitment here at Lawrence Harvey, as I talk to executive security leaders across the industry for straight from the source insights into the minds of security leaders. We'll be breaking down topics ranging from ways to best scale a security program, how to position yourself best within the job market, current events and trends within the security and technology sector, and everything in between. Hope you enjoy it. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the third episode now of the Lawrence Harvey Cybersecurity Sit-Down Podcast. I'm joined here by David Cross, Chief Information Security Officer over at Oracle Cloud. Um, Tune in the first Tuesday here of every month uh, throughout 2023 with myself and colleagues around the industry um, and executive security leaders for some straight from the source insight into the minds of security practitioners. As always, my name is Alex, your host for today's conversation, principal recruiter here uh, at Lawrence Harvey, focused on cybersecurity placements and client partnerships across all of North America. I'm joined here, as I said, by David Cross over at Oracle Cloud. The episode here is focused on specifically veterans and their impact in cybersecurity um, as well as ways that those with military backgrounds can better grow their careers in the industry. As always, we'll take a bird's eye view into where the market's at overall here in 2023 as well. Um, so with that, I'd love to turn it over to you, David, as I think our listeners would love to know how, I guess, you got your start in security. Um, also, hearing some insight into your military background would be wonderful, and we can go from there. Thanks, Alex. Pretty excited to be here. Is that uh, kind of uh, I've been here at Oracle almost five years now, and I'm actually the CISO for the Oracle SaaS cloud because we're a very large company um, and uh, represent only one piece of it. But you know, most interesting and most importantly, and I'm kind of honored, is that I the past few years I've been the executive sponsor for our veterans program or Maven, right, which is our military affiliated veterans, you know, employee network, right, when we're our ERGs, and it's pretty exciting because I also calling out it's not just about veterans, but it's also about the spouses and the allies yeah. as well. And that's very, very important in our community. 100%. Thanks for the intro and, and really glad to have you on. Um, really appreciate the time. I guess just to start us off, kind of rip the bandit off it, you will. Um, I guess looking into the market now, we're just in Q2 as, as this podcast is going to go up. Some companies obviously going through unfortunate layoffs and we're seeing a lot of changes in the banking sector. Things are kind of all over the place, if you will. Um, but in cybersecurity, there's still thousands of jobs openings, um, despite the mantra that, quote unquote, nobody's really hiring, right? How have you taken the market, I guess, in the last six months or even beyond that? What, have, what are you seeing? Well, I think there's an element, it's kind of a shift, right? And I think it's that there are lots of opportunities. And sometimes, maybe I'll use a bad analogy, is that someone, everyone says, I only want to be in the tier one companies. I don't want to go to Harvard, Stanford, Yale, et cetera. But also, there's a lot of other great schools out there, right? And I think if we look at the job market right now, there's a lot of companies, the startups, a lot of other enterprise, Fortune 1000 companies, all hiring. So it's not just you know a couple of the top you know tier one tech companies. But really, when you take the bigger picture, uh, I think of the the whole economy, there are lots of cybersecurity jobs open despite layoffs that may be occurring in some companies. Yeah, 100%. I mean, the need within security is always going to be really present. And especially in years where costs are down, inflation's up, risk is is very high. It's, it's almost more important now to, to protect your digital assets and cybersecurity more than ever. There's a huge need within the talent industry. Um, so wonderful to hear. Obviously, yourself sitting within 
Oracle SaaS Cloud, obviously massive company. I'm sure you've got kind of a good view, but also coming out of Google and Microsoft in the past, I guess, since moving over to Oracle SaaS Cloud, like you said, about five years or so, any kind of overall changes into the security market, especially from a talent standpoint, are there any domains you're seeing are shifting more than others or what's just kind of the overall landscape you think moving into the rest of the year? Well, I think there's, you think historically, and I wouldn't say for any specific company, right? Historically, there's been a lot of, uh, of, of just being security focused, being security experience. But I think we found, I like to call out from various people like, you know, uh, Ira Winkler or, you know, Chensi Wang, you know, from Rain Capital is it's not just about being a great security passionate person, but it's also being a great developer. Understand who your customer is, right? Having, you know, sometimes the the best uh, skills you can have is being great at operations or being great at development or being great at infrastructure, the best security engineers are often the people that are experts and have experience in these areas that they're now protecting and monitoring. Yeah, 100%. I would definitely agree. And it's definitely something hiring managers that we work with are, are looking for across the board as far as um, kind of foundational talents and, and skill sets, if you will. For you coming out of the military, I guess, how do you think that your military background and experience and, and certainly your network especially has helped you kind of get to, to where you are today within within the security field? Well, I think the uh, veterans, uh, I think, bring a lot to the table. A lot of maybe in a lot of companies and businesses don't understand. But veterans is that one is they have a lot of values and principles, right? Integrity, yeah. honesty, you know, attention to detail, you know, loyalty, um, uh, really to operate by a playbook, you know, how to um, be uh, able to operate, you know, with reliability and 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 focus when under fire, right? In security, things are under fire. But that's what we're trained to do, not just muscle memory, but it's like we have a playbook. And this is sometimes, especially is uh, um, veterans trying to enter the civilian world, is that, yeah. okay, we need people in SOC, right, or operations and saying that, hey, we can follow a playbook. When something occurs, they know how to operate, they can trust them and operate. And I think that's one of the great starting points for many uh, veterans that are leaving the service. Yeah, for people that are breaking out of, or sorry, yeah, breaking out of the service, getting into maybe the commercial sector. What's your biggest advice, I guess, as far as ways to hone your skill set while maybe still in the service and, and potentially stand out to hiring te hiring teams in general? There's two things. I certainly, I think a lot of people, they look at, hey, should I get a certificate? Should I get my certification? Things like that. Certainly, I can go back quite a few years ago saying, well, <laughs> how do I get anyone to look at my resume? I actually yeah. took a Windows or a Microsoft um, training course, right? And I actually, I got my Windows NT Workstation 3.51, yeah. you know, uh, Microsoft Certified Professional, you know, certification. Well, it helped me to get someone to look at my resume back then. It's been a while, you can tell. Yeah. But the other one, I think it's, it's not just about that, but I think is demonstrate your skills, demonstrate your passion. A lot of people saying that, David, how can I get someone to look at my resume and say, do you have a blog on you know what you're good at? You know, do you have a blog about your experience? Do you have a, a GitHub repo showing that, yeah. hey, here's some code you've written? And you you create real world examples for people to show your passion, your interest, and in what you can do. And when someone asks, say, uh, uh, ask about what are your skills are, say, hey, just go look at my GitHub repo, just go look at my blog, and instantly you'll know what I can offer you. 100%. And from my perspective as an external recruiter, I think one nice thing that, that I'm able to approach a candidate about is obviously we're reaching out potentially about multiple jobs. So we're really able to take it from more of a bird's eye view, really understand people's motivations. Maybe they're active in the market. Maybe they're not, but they just want to understand what's out there. We're really able to dig into, like I said, kind of that overall passion that might not come through if you're just kind of targeting or only interviewing with one company, for example. We've talked about soft skills a lot, integrity, et cetera. Mm -hmm. 
outside of, um, you know, blogs or, or using GitHub, that kind of stuff. Is there any way that you found successful for, for people to, I guess, promote their, their soft skills on their resume outside of just kind of listing everything? Is there anything that jumps out? Good question. I think there's an element is, uh, which what we really haven't talked about today is building the network, right? And, and part of it is veterans, we have a natural, or say natural or unique network, right? We're, we're well connected. And I think is you go back to us old school people is like the classic book, you know, never eat lunch alone, right? Yeah. Um, it's kind of like work your network, right? And making connections and understand a company. I think an example is that if you really want to get into a company, right? Uh, find someone there saying, do whatever it takes to get five minutes of their time. Here's one of my tips. You know, find a person saying, hey, can I get five minutes of your time or 10 minutes of your time? I will send you a $20 Starbucks gift certificate. Yeah. Just, just give me 10 minutes of your time so I understand what you're looking for and what it will take to get into your company. Now, it's about reciprocity. Now, yeah. some people may take the that gift card and not give you anything, but the risk is kind of low. But many people will accept it and give you a little bit of their time if it only costs you $20 to learn what it, uh, it takes to get inside of the company you desire the most, it's worth more than $20. Yeah, fair enough. <clears throat> One thing I look for and hiring managers ask us to look for a lot of times is just how active are they on LinkedIn? What does their network look like? Obviously one that shows maybe passion and interest in the industry overall. And, you know, maybe they've volunteered at their local OWASP chapter or participated in in other events. That's one thing that on a resume can stand out and kind of, you know, fact check mm. the the motivations and passion behind a lot of things. And I think looking into a resume as well, when you're going through your responsibilities and what you've done at the company, it's, I've talked about this on past shows. It's really easy to just say, I was responsible for this next, next, and just roll through it, but rather give anecdotes and see what the actual value you, you push through doing that task was. Um, that's another one that's just kind of come to mind as far as ways to maybe promote your soft skills as well as your technical skills naturally, which is oftentimes for a recruiter, especially those are usually the first things they're looking for is the technical skill set. That's obviously usually kind of the the first gate, if you will. Uh, but it's really important for recruiters and hiring managers to really look at the full picture. And oftentimes recruiters, of course, have, have tons on their plate and, and they're, you know, they're rolling through maybe 200 resumes a day, let's say. Right. Um, so I think the first things that stand out are, our format, like I said, and then what, like what we were just talking about, your LinkedIn profile is is one of the big ones. So I'd say for people, not just for a networking tool, but promoting your kind of passion and interest in the industry is a big one. Um, talking about your network, when finding a job or, or growing your career is crucial or here, I, I, you have a, another point. Yeah, I think there's not an element and I'll be careful because sometimes we a double-edged sword, but sometimes yeah. social media, not just, you know, Instagram or uh, yeah. I say uh, LinkedIn, but like, you know, there's Twitter and Mastodon, things like that. And sometimes I recommend, you know, sometimes mentees is kind of like you can have, you know, kind of one profile. It's about your personal interest, your celebrity interests in sports and things like that. Another one dedicated to cybersecurity, right? And people show about how you're a contributor, right? How, you know, mm -hmm. how many people are following you, how you're offering in having that specific, specific persona to cybersecurity or to other areas that you're interested in, right? And I think it can be very powerful if you use that weapon wisely. Yeah, hundred percent. Going back on <clears throat> your network while you're still in the service, or maybe you've just recently transitioned, is there a way you've heard from others or maybe you found successful while you're still within the service to promote your your private sector network and, and reach out to commercial clients, candidates, kind of the whole ordeal? Is it um, is it challenging to do that, I guess? It is. And I think as I also uh, you know recommend going back to an element is that is, you know, kind of the last six months, right? Hey, 
Are you working on the side, right? Are you working on a blog? Work on some projects. Get your 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 skills refined and publish them. Put them on blogs. Put them on GitHub. You know, other places and things like that. And building your portfolio, if you will, just like mm. if you're going to be a fashion model, right? You have a portfolio of of, of pictures, right? Sure. Do the same as an engineer. Yeah, fair enough. <clears throat> We've talked about, and I've talked about on on past episodes in the past, for people that are transitioning out of the military, there's often a conversation around timing, of course, and transitioning to the private or commercial sector. But you find a lot of people going straight into DOD contracting and working with some of the larger um, contractors in that sense, holding on to their clearance and just focusing on defense work, really, potentially even throughout their whole careers. Is it worth it, one, you think, to to hold on to that clearance and, and stay in that space, hone your skill set maybe? Or do you think it's worth going into the commercial sector um, if that is your end goal, of course, um, as early as you can? Or, or what do you what do you think about timing there, I guess? Great question. Uh, I think there's one element, you know, putting on the MBA hat on. What's the supply-demand yeah. curve, right? Yeah. You know, certainly the tech sector right now, is certainly in the United States, um, you know, government contracts are in high demand, right? And they yeah. pay very well. And if you actually have your clearance, right, there's a lot of jobs that are in that are uh, in uh, uh, in demand right now. And even though that may not be your long term passion, it's kind of like a great opportunity to take something that is an asset of yours, you know, having a clearance, right, going into these jobs, right, and then using that as a stepping stone to where you want to go. So maybe, you know, a, you know, one, two, three years, it may take you to to kind of get refined in the Yes, it may be the defense industry, right? But it gets you the time and transition to get ready to where you really want to go, right? And using mm -hmm. it as a stepping stone, even though it may not be your longest term uh, passion. Yeah, 100%. I think staying in tune with where the market is, is, is important for, for anybody listening, for anybody in any job, really, right? Um, but for for veterans, I think, and even people maybe that didn't have um, military backgrounds and maybe have quote unquote pigeonholed themselves in certain industries. You see it a lot in higher regulated industries like finance and healthcare, where they'll oftentimes stay in that industry and other companies won't hire out of that industry. You see it all the time. Um, I guess it kind of turns into my next question about cybersecurity domains and skill sets. And I know we touched on some of the foundational skills that are really important across all levels. Do you think it's worth people coming out of the military or just getting into cybersecurity in general to specifically focus on certain domains like security operations and, and cyber defense or get into more red teaming, security engineering, et cetera? Or is it worth it to be more of a generalist, you think? Oh, really good question. I think there's an element of uh, like people say, you know, red team and pen testing yeah. are, those are the coolest, you know, uh, titles and jobs and roles to have. But the totally. reality is they there's not that many positions open, right? So the supply demand curve is kind of opposite in that case. And also when there's that much supply and demand, right? There, there's much more competition, right? And that's sometimes an area that it takes time, right? It, you have yeah. more experience and being ready for it. And this is the things where many people that are passionate about the area doesn't mean that they won't get in, right? It's just maybe, maybe it'll take you a few years in investment in yourself and growth in the area to the opp right opportunity appears. So many yeah. people that uh, a good example is then, well, why don't you start out in the sock, right? The tier one sock, you know, and things like that. Like, well, that's not the sexiest, that's not the path, but sure. it got your foot in the door, right? Yeah. And you can learn from that and build upon that. So it's, I always say, it's all up to you. Yeah, I love it. hundred <clears throat> percent. From your perspective, obviously being a very senior security leader within the market, what domains or skill sets are you seeing a, a, maybe an increased need in this year, obviously, as the market shifted a little bit? Are there any even? 
You know, I think one of the areas is I still try to uh, really stress for people is, you know, um, be able to write code, right? And I, I think yeah. there's an element of people's like, do you have to be a developer? Do you have to have a degree in computer science to be um, to get jobs? No, you don't. Yeah. But I see that over time, people can find themselves, they will get plateaued, right? Is that more and more things are based on engineering, development, you know, coding and things like that. Build those skills uh, and because I think that will help you grow over time into the broader areas, right? And that's yeah. something I can't stress enough to. To, to everyone I meet. Yeah, 100%. Was it always your motivation to get into more security leadership? Or a lot of people obviously just enjoy, probably throughout their whole careers, being an individual contributor, very technical SME, for example. Was that something you had realized in the military that you wanted to get into leadership? Or I guess, where did that click? I'd, I'd be curious to understand where it clicks for a lot of people, to be honest. You know, um, actually, I've never really thought about this before. If I sure. reflect back on it, you know, I was an individual contributor for a long time. Yeah. And I think it's sometimes it's about with the opportunity of the peers, but I think the real passion and desire comes over time is that, uh, can I help others? Right. And certainly mm -hmm. I feel very fortunate to, you know, when I left the military and many people in my careers at, 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 at many companies here, so Microsoft, others in advancing is that helped me. And sometimes as you get become more senior, even as an injured yeah. contributor, you find that you can help others even more then sometimes that's the right thing to do, right? And you're passionate. I'm very passionate about when you can make others successful. It's yeah. quite rewarding in itself. Yeah, 100%. Everybody has a role to play, surely. I think for people coming out of the military specifically, it's not something that's going to happen and by, by the click of a button, right? These you, these plans or goals of yours probably take years at a time to plan out. So I'd say using your network and all the soft skills we mentioned and, and honing, it's going to be important for people to probably kind of realize those things the earlier, the better, I would say. For veterans yeah. or... Yeah, say, go ahead. I was going to say, the analogy I like to use is like, you know, some people know me at the, I'm a long distance runner, right? Yeah. And it's kind of like, you know, you're planning for a half marathon or a marathon, right? Is yeah. you build up a long plan. It's going to take endurance And it. Part of it, it's not just stamina. Uh, it's not just about yeah. speed. It's actually about the plan and like how you're going to be ready for that uh, and being ready for all elements. But if you plan it very, very well and you train for it, the, the end finishing, right, is a big success. And everyone yeah. can hit it. You just have to plan for it you know, very yeah. carefully. It can be very rewarding. That's wonderful. I guess for people, for veterans listening or just security practitioners, maybe growing their career, breaking into the industry, are there any programs or companies you think do a very good job, one, of, of hiring or, or promoting veterans getting into the industry? Are there any programs you know of that, that do a good job with that? I guess I'd love to give the listeners maybe some tangible kind of follow-up aside from maybe just reaching out to us as far as ways that they can grow their career in that sense. You know, I, I wish I had the full list of ready for that, you know, yeah. the, but, you know, there's a lot of companies, everything from, you know, Oracle and Microsoft and others, right? We have our intern programs and others is really, is I think that's exciting. Uh, some members of my team have been through it is really opportunities to that people can join in, you know, an internship and things like that and getting mm -hmm. the, the demonstrating the ability to grow and onboard, you know, into the high tech or the cloud environments. And then given the opportunities to show what they can do, they can do. And I think you'd be surprised if you do the searching, there's so many uh, companies uh, uh, and, um, uh, programs out there, you know, for veterans. But uh, the one thing I always like to stress, it's about your commitment and passion, right. Mm -hmm. To get there, because when you have the passion, it's always gonna become infectious and people will invite you in. The second thing is really focus on continuous learning, right? Uh, I certainly to this day, and people look at myself on LinkedIn, right. I'm always investing myself. I'm always learning yeah. because the moment you stop learning, is the moment you go stale and the path down, you know, starts. 100%. Now that's where also I think veterans, you know, have a major um, 
uh, asset that many others do not because you know, of our, our history is like, we're always given challenges and saying, you need to go learn it, figure it out and make it happen. Mm-hmm. And, you know, veterans always have that skill. And so those of us have learned that do that exactly you know, when you see opportunities appear. Yeah. A hundred percent. Oftentimes I find they have really good kind of global experience as well, which a lot of these larger corporations are, are oftentimes looking for, for cybersecurity positions, um, just from a cultural aspect, which is, which is wonderful. Um, I guess two part question here, what do you look for when you're assessing a candidate? Obviously people that are reporting to you probably being quite senior within the industry already. What's the first thing you look for when looking at a resume? And then what's the first thing you're assessing maybe in a, in a first interview or first conversation? Well, boy, I say that just the first thing is yeah. I think, you know, I like to be results driven, but I have to be honest, you know, over the years is customer focused, right? What are they doing? Who's the customer? Are they customer focused? Because sometimes it's not just about external, you know, customers like David, I don't want to be a product manager. I think, no, yeah. who is the customer? Because sometimes the developer could be the customer, right? You know, the, um, uh, your management may be the customer, but understanding, you know, who your customer is and you're passionate about the results that you're you're working to build and achieve, you know, impact with a, with a customer. That's one. The yeah. other one is the other values, right? Honesty, integrity, you know, communication, EQ, right? Mm-hmm. There are some people that are quite characters, right? But at yeah, the yeah. same time, we need to be very inclusive. We need to be very welcoming because I'll be honest, there's no room for that um, non-inclusive, yeah. um, you know, kind of behaviors and, and uh, culture is just not acceptable anymore. Hundred percent, and that obviously curtails right into in, into veterans breaking into the industry, other minority groups, etc. Which which is wonderful to hear. Um, I guess to take a step back, maybe give you the chance to ask a question to me or, or my network as far as um, kind of what we're seeing across the industry. Is there any insider questions you might have for myself, having a pretty good view, I think, of of kind of what what's what's going on across cybersecurity in general? Well, the, the first question I'd always ask is then, you know, Alex is, what do you think for us, you know, the very passionate, you know, companies that are, you know, grow, promote, you know, and yeah. are built upon, you know, veterans and, and veteran programs, what could you think we could be doing, you know, in the Fortune 500, you know, to be, to helping the community even more um, yeah. with the veteran community and hiring? Yeah, fair enough. It's a huge question. I'm sure you could write probably a hundred page report on on how companies can can be better across the board, right? I'd say, I'm not sure what the outlook is for for yourself or, or similar companies to Oracle or Oracle SaaS Cloud, but I'd say partnering with other programs, other companies, a smaller company like myself and Lawrence Harvey, obviously somebody like myself that's very invested in the community already coming on a podcast like this is, is, is a great one to be quite honest. Obviously, there's a lot of people that might not necessarily be veterans that are very passionate about that space. I'd say reaching out as an individual or as a company, how can we help? Etc. And then from an investment standpoint, obviously, just make it. It's really kind of a simple answer. Really, it's just kind of make the investment and, and go out and and offer programs or hiring initiatives for for veterans. I mean, kind of put put your money where your mouth is, in, in, in a lot of ways, for companies large and small. To be honest with you, um, so that's kind of the the short and ugly answer. It's a big one, I think, but um, that's kind of what came to mind. Right. Thanks for uh, for kind of sharing. The other question I'm going to ask is then, you know, what is the positions that are in the highest demand, you know, from the community, you know, to be to find in, you know, all the the major companies, you know, yeah. what is it, is it, is it red team? Is it pen testing? What's the number one? Yeah. Well, I think companies always struggle the most to hire pen testers kind of despite what the demand is. Um, mm. That's a very tricky and technical skill set. A lot of, especially smaller companies, just their technical TA team might not be experienced and don't have the network quite simply. And oftentimes pen testers are less 
receptible, I think, to potentially switching jobs, that kind of stuff. So that, that's one that comes to mind. But just in the market overall, I think with a lot of potential internal cyber, cybersecurity programs, not necessarily full steam ahead on, on growth, let's say, a lot of consultancies and then the federal spaces where I'm seeing the most growth as a sector. As far as skill sets, I think cyber defense still still has to be number one. That's naturally kind of the first box that you would tick in a lot of ways. Um, and then cloud security and cloud security architecture is a big one right now. We're seeing, especially across consultancies, major need there. And and out of all the kind of domains that might have a talent shortage, I would say that's probably the, the, the tightest one at the moment as far as total amount of people in the market that have that skill set. And like you said, are client facing and have also the interpersonal skills. That's probably um, kind of the second main one that comes to mind. Excellent. Wonderful. The uh, last way I'll say that, uh, you know, certainly I'd like to promote uh, a podcast that uh, we do at, uh, yeah, at Oracle, even podcast, you know, certainly we do it not just for Oracle, we do it for all veterans. It's very public. It's on Audible. It's on right. Apple, you know, iTunes, things like that. Are there other podcasts, uh, Alex, you know, that you're getting started, but other ones that you might recommend to the community to, to uh, uh, listen or watch? That's a great question. There's not one that immediately comes to mind that, that that's like a go-to for me. There's a lot of other chief information security officers like yourself that are really active. One, the only one that I've kept in tune with is Jason Loomis and Paul Love, if you're familiar. They run a really great show. It's very interactive. Um, similar to this one is just far as kind of general outlook into the market. They'll kind of deep dive into certain skill sets and domains. And, and Jason's come on my show in the past, so he's, he's wonderful. But um, that's the only one that comes to mind at the moment. Um, but I think... Right now, a lot of people are looking to have a voice like like myself and, and a lot of people I'm seeing, especially even at Lawrence Harvey across other areas, the cloud sector, et cetera, are um, ramping up similar conversations and shows like this. And it's really valuable to have people like yourself come on and, and really give a full view into the market. Obviously, from my perspective, you know, one day I could be working a senior penetration testing position over all the way to a director of, of cyber defense. And it's a wide view, but maybe not necessarily as much of a deep view as, as someone like yourself has working at multiple companies and having been in the industry so long. So it's really, um, it's really great to have you on. It's, it's kind of the ultimate, uh, the ultimate answer. Um, I guess for me, those are all the kind of main questions I had about at least giving an outlook into the market. And certainly for veterans, I hope listening, we're able to get some really valuable insight and I'd certainly encourage anyone listening to reach out to myself and, and potentially David here, as far as um, kind of follow up or, or questions you might have, but the final kind of more fun question I'd like to ask people that come on is what's the, uh, what's the worst sales or, or I guess even recruiter outreach that you've, uh, that you've had in the last couple of years, or even in your career overall, we usually get some pretty good answers. Well, I'll, I shouldn't give away my secret, but I have a secret, yeah. you know, certainly as we know that I get lots of people trying to recruiters and salespeople all yeah. trying to reach out to me right on LinkedIn, but I, I learned this trick. I wish I knew what I remember who taught it to me, but I actually, my trick is I put an emoji in front of my name, right? And LinkedIn yeah. lets you put emoji in front of your name. And so the trick is, is I know when I get all these messages, messages, it says, hi, emoji instead yeah. of my name. And I know yeah. immediately, is this a real person? Is this a bot? Or is yeah. this someone that actually really care of who they're talking to? And it weeds out 95% right off the back, right? So it's yeah. an amazing, amazing little trick that you can do. And it really helps uh, us that get, you know, thousands of these a week. That's a great shout. Yeah, I guess, um, I, I think I'd realize that myself, but that's a, that, that's a good one. I'm sure it works for a lot of people. Are there any, are there any, sales reach outs that you've had in the past that were just so, so ridiculous or, or over the top. Steven Davis, who came on our first show said that somebody had reached out and, and offered him a meet and greet with LeBron James or something like that. Some funny ones like that. 
Well, the funny ones, I think, is the element is that when they, uh, oh, I always love that, uh, the ones where they say that, hey, uh, would you guys like to, uh, I'm at Oracle, say, hey, would you guys like to learn Java, right? And saying that we can help you guys actually learn you know, Java so you can advance yourselves in development. And like, do you know what company you're talking about? Or <laughs> we also, another ones are, oh, we can help you move to the cloud. I'm like, we are a cloud provider, right? <laughs> So That's yeah, good. they make you chuckle sometimes. Yeah, there's some good LinkedIn posts about funny outreaches like that. Always, always worth the question. Always curious. So, fair enough. Um, but yeah, no other, no other main questions for me. Unless you've got anything else, like I said, really, really appreciate you having you on. Um, I think that about does it here for for like I said, our third episode. Stay tuned next month for Aman Sarohi's the Chief Information Security Officer over at People AI. Going to talk about kind of the AI landscape and how that might affect cybersecurity, which I'm very excited about. David, I appreciate you a ton for coming on. On. again hopefully we can have you on again soon um yeah talk to you later i appreciate it a ton thanks alex it's been great and i look forward to uh, helping and uh continuing to connect with the community and i look forward to our next uh session you bet take care everybody cheers uh -huh.